Getting Better Healthcare is brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Every American is acutely aware of the issues surrounding our healthcare system. We know miracles can happen, but we find ourselves bombarded by conflicting information and are uncertain of what and whom we can trust. We have some of the best medical care in the world for those who can afford it. Incredible new drugs that change people's lives but can be very costly. Many of the best doctors the world has ever seen, but not all are perfect. That's why Dr. Steve Feldman created the show, Getting Better Healthcare, to help walk us through the labyrinth, helping us understand how to take better care of ourselves and to better understand the challenges, issues, controversies, and complexities of our healthcare system as it exists and as it could be. For better healthcare and a better healthcare system, listen to the doctor. Now, here's Steve. Welcome to Getting Better Healthcare on webtalkradio.net. I'm your host, Dr. Steve Feldman, founder of the DrScore.com physician rating website. On our show today, we're going to discuss stress, uh, its impact on health, and things we can do about it. Our guest today is Dr. Mort Orman. Dr. Orman is a physician, an author and blogger, and a passionate stress coach. He's the founder of the Stress Mastery Academy, which you can find at www.docorman, that's D-O-C-O-R-M-A-N.com. Dr. Orman, thank you so much for joining me on the program today. Oh, you're very welcome, Steve. It's a pleasure uh, to meet you and to be able to speak with you. Well, you are the stress expert. Let's start off by talking about why stress is a, why stress is a problem. Is it, does it affect our health or lifespan in any way? Uh, I don't know. I don't know about lifespan. I assume it probably does, but uh, certainly it can affect uh, affect our health. I think most people are aware of that. I think uh, there's a good body of research um, that shows that certain health problems, very common ones indeed, cardiovascular problems, uh, even cancers, uh, may be related in some people uh, to stress. But I think there's probably more that we don't know about the relationship between stress uh, and, and illness than what we currently do know. Um, I mean, what we do know is a very limited number of conditions uh, are certainly stress-related, but others could be, in one way or another, stress-related that we're not able to really detect right now uh, because it's such a, hard, such a hard thing, you know, scientifically to pin down. Um, so, so I think there's a lot of unknown and uncertainty about it, but certainly I think most people have an intuitive sense that being stressed and being stressed over a long period of time is not a great thing for their well-being uh, and their health. I thought of um, uh, GI issues, the ulcers. Are they stress-related? Um, I, I think a lot of these things are. There are a lot of GI uh, conditions, a lot of irritable bowel syndrome. Uh, you know, people, when they get stressed, they tend to notice they have some disruption of their normal uh, uh, upper and lower uh, and or lower um, intestinal tracts. I think that's pretty common. Um, symptom that people are aware of, and they are able to associate in their own lives with being under stressful circumstances, so they don't have it as much when they're calm and relaxed and things are going well in their life, uh, but when major disruptions occur, major issues occur, um, they, they, they tend to feel it, and the, the, those systems tend to get affected, so, yeah. In, in my general area of expertise, dermatology, people talk about stress exacerbating some of the skin conditions like psoriasis or acne. Sometimes I wonder if the stress, or what we refer to as stress, makes the disease worse or if it just makes people impression of what they have worse. 
Well, you know, that's a good point because I think, you know, we, we, we tend to talk about how stress causes illness. But what we, we tend not to um, focus on as much is how illness is very stressful for most people. You know, whenever you get, as we know as practicing physicians, uh, treating patients, that no matter what you have, whether you have an illness that's stress-related or not, being sick is no fun, and, and it's disruptive, and it causes all kinds of problems, uh, concerns, fears, worries, relationship issues, uh, financial issues. I mean, there's all these things that, uh, uh, and then you have to interact with the healthcare system, Oh, yeah. which, you write, which you write about a lot in, in your book, Compartments, um, and the things, the stresses that can be generated, you know, by uh, all that, you know, all that necessity. So, um, yeah, it, it, you get you both ways, you know. Anytime you're sick, you're going to get stressed, and anytime you're stressed, you could get sick. So it's a double whammy sort of thing. Now, you mentioned it's hard to study, it's hard to pin these things down. Well, Perhaps we should start off for, for our listeners by defining what stress is. Well, again, that's part of the problem because I have a very different way of defining stress than I would say most stress experts in the country today. Um, everybody is sort of bought into this, uh, what I would call a myth, um, that, that stress is this well-defined entity, this thing that exists, and, and I don't see it that way. In fact, Hans Selye, the guy who really was credited with, uh, with coming up with the term and doing a lot of the pioneering research back in the 30s and 40s and 50s. Um, if you go back and you look at his original writings, he's very clear that stress is just an abstraction, that it's, something, it's this concept that he had to invent to talk about this new line of research that he was doing. And he really warns people, he says, don't get caught up in this term and think it's something that really exists, um, because it doesn't. You know, What really exists are the are the things in our lives, the problems in our lives, that are difficult for us. And I, I think when we say we're under stress, it's not like there's this magic, new magic condition uh, that we're suffering from. We're really suffering from lots of specific problems in our lives. So we can, having, you know, we can be getting angry or anxious or uh, having physical symptoms, like you mentioned, or we can be having conflicts at work or with the economy the way it is today, we could have lost our job or fearful that we're going to lose our job or money may be very tight, um, you know, expenses are going up. You know, so there's all these different kinds of problems that we have in life, and that's what I think we mean when we say we're under stress. But we've gotten off on this whole tangent of thinking that stress is our problem. Yes. And so, so we're actually asking ourselves, I think, I think the wrong question. Instead of asking yourself how can I deal with stress, you really should be asking yourself, you know, what are the specific problems I'm having and how can I deal with those problems? If I'm having an emotion problem or an anger problem or an anxiety problem or a worry problem, you've got to zero in on those things and focus on them. In the same way, in the same way that we do as physicians, uh, we don't just say, you know, we're going to treat you for illness. You know, we, we have to get very specific <laughs> about what illness you have so that we can try our best to focus in on that and understand that, what will help it, what won't help it, and kind of get to the, some root cause analysis of, of what's driving that so that we can offer some, some help to people. So uh, I think that's a general model for, you know, the medical model in the sense of, of defining and making a diagnosis, a correct diagnosis, defining a problem specifically, trying to understand its causes as best we can, and then trying to deal with those causes when we can is the model that we need to adopt for everyday problems in our life that we call stress. So I, I should no longer think of this 
this ghastly entity that is stress. I shouldn't be thinking about um, trying to measure on a 0 to 10 scale how much stress I'm under. Correct. I mean, you could do that. I mean, I mean, there is a physiologic component for most people when they're under stress, when they're having problems in their life. I mean, you can measure physiology in their body. You know, they have these little dots and things where you can, you know, measure your stress levels, so to speak. Um, but, but I think that's not, it's not the way to look at it as a physiologic problem, as a, as a disease. The way to look at it is I've got a bunch of problems in my life. You know, I'm worried about my kids or worried about my finances or my future or whatever it is, and, and I've got to figure out what to do about those things. So, 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 the, the so if I could get rid of the word stress, from uh, uh, you wouldn't believe how, how much it would help people if we could strike the word stress from our vocabulary. If they couldn't blame stress for why they're feeling bad, but they had to say, okay, wait a minute, I've got problems. Now I've got to define that more specifically, and I can't just blame it on stress. Uh, we would help so many people, millions of people. But of course, we're not going to do that. But uh, it's not possible. <laughs> but that's what I mean. That's what I when I teach people. I, I'm actually that's what I'm going for. I'm trying to uh, shift their awareness so that they stop paying attention to this word stress. And every time they hear it, it's kind of like a Pavlovian. What I'm trying to do is a Pavlovian conditioning thing where they go, "Okay, stress is not my problem. I got to get more specific about what really is." And if you can do that for people, you can really you can really help them a great deal because then they'll have to focus on whatever it is that's bothering them. So you mentioned physiologic changes. So those aren't measures of stress. Those are, because it stresses, those are measures of responses to problems in people's lives. Absolutely. Yeah. So if that's we took a mouse and measured its cortisol levels or something as a measure of stress, and we, we, we subjected it to, you know, loud noises or something, there's a loud noise. That's a heinous stimulus, and the the cortisol response is the response to that. There is no separate mediator in between those, and to think that there is is gets in the way of, of addressing the idea that we maybe ought to move to a quieter room. <laughs> well, I think yeah, I, I think. Um this is tough because you know this word, again we use the word stress for everything. We matter of fact, there was a um, a British philosopher years ago who was so um, uh, who was so frustrated with how people were just throwing this word around that he said that his comment was that stress is the only thing he knows of that, in addition to being itself, can be the cause of itself and can also be the result of itself. <laughs> so it's just like this, this, this word that we can apply to anything. We can apply it to physiology. We can apply it to the problems. We can, we can apply it to the consequences of the problems in the physiology. And we get ourselves so tied up in knots and so, um, so confused talking about different things when we throw this term around, which is why I say if we could get rid of the word, we'd be a lot better off because we'd have to have a lot more specificity uh, about what we're actually talking about. Are we talking about the problems that are driving the physiology? Are we talking about the physiology that people are feeling or, mm -hmm. you know, complaining about? Are we talking about the downstream consequences of having a, uh, an overstimulated um, uh, endocrine system and, and nervous system over a period of time? And what effects that can have on the immune system, on illness, blah, blah, blah. 
So, you know, I, I think we, we would be more specific in what we're talking about. I think that's part of the reason why it's so difficult to really study stress, because it means so many different things to different people, and the, it's all subjective. Mm-hmm. You know, it's not, it's not, yeah, you can measure the physiology, but that's not the whole story. There's, there's, there's a lot of mental, psychological, emotional, social, even spiritual um, uh, things going on in a human being's life um, that are hard to put your finger on in terms of doing scientific studies, you know. So, so the the primary myth here is that stress is a distinct entity. Are there other significant myths that we need to be aware of? Oh yeah, there's there's a bunch of them, bunch of them. I think one of the biggest ones, well, one of the biggest ones is the idea that that the best way to deal with stress is to manage it. I mean, that's it's amazing how people have just been um, brainwashed into thinking that that's the best they can do. Uh, when intuitively, I think most people understand that there are very big limitations to managing stress. Not to mention the fact that it's time-consuming, you know, a lot of stress management techniques like yoga, meditation, practicing relaxation, um, even listening to soft music. But those things, you have to take time out of your schedule. You have to do them a couple times a day. You have to do them most days of the week, you know, week after week, month after month, year after year. And a lot of people just don't have that luxury, or they don't have the dedication to make it a part of their lives. So everybody knows that's one of the problems. But I think the biggest problem with stress management, which every single person intuitively understands, but our society doesn't allow us to acknowledge, is that it's mostly symptom-oriented. It's mostly about relieving symptoms, and it's it's not about getting at root causes and and dealing with our problems in life by clearing up the causes it's all about you know if you're if you're getting angry go punch a punching bag go you know run five miles um, go do yoga and none of that's going to stop you from being angry 10 or 15 times every day if that's what's going on for you you know it's just going to make you feel a little bit better and the negative consequences of being angry are going to be mitigated a little bit but you're still not addressing, well, why the heck are you getting angry 10 and 15 times every day and other people aren't? You know, what's, what's, what's driving that? And what, what is are, what are the root causes? Well, yeah, what, hmm? are the, what are the root yeah. causes? Well, the root causes are things that go on mostly inside us. I mean, well, there's two kinds of causes. There's the, there are all the external things that are going on in life. People are treating you badly, saying things to you you don't like, cutting you off in traffic. You know, uh, there's all that kind of stuff that's going on external, which we see very clearly. Everybody notices that part. What we don't notice is the internal reactions we have to that stuff. That that's very automatic. I mean, um, it, it's reflex. It's automatic. We don't notice it. Particular thoughts we have, particular ways of perceiving things, particular behavioral responses that we have that have become habits for us. And we don't notice those things because we're always looking, you know, we're kind of focused on the obvious um, causes. And our society has kind of taught us that that's, you know, stop there. Don't go any deeper than that because those are the causes. You're, you know, you're stressed because, you know, you've got too many responsibilities. The economy is bad. Uh, you've got a lousy boss. Uh, you're in a high-stress profession. Um, and that's where it stops. But that's not the whole story. I mean, there's a lot of people who are in those exact same situations and are not 
very stressed. There's something different going on inside those people than what goes on inside people who are highly stressed by those same situations. So there's a lot of internal stuff going on that we haven't, as a culture and as a society, haven't taught people to appreciate. Uh, and you and you actually address uh, a lot of that internal stuff in in your book. You know, you're talking about how we can be wrong about things, how we can make judgments that are sort of snap judgments or reflex judgments that aren't true uh, about about other people, <laughs> and and can cause a lot of stress. You know, and we don't, mm-hmm. but we don't, and we don't see it. You know. We don't see that we're judging people from, you know, one our perspective, assuming you know the, the things are true for them that are not. We don't notice it, which is why a book like yours is necessary, you know, so needed because it helps shine a light on that, and it and it helps raise people's awareness of the fact, hey, we all do this kind of stuff, and it causes us to make mistakes. It causes us to misunderstand other people's motives. Uh, causes us to think that we know what's going on or why somebody did something they did or behaves and behave in a certain way, and we're completely wrong about it. Okay. But we don't, we don't notice that. So, so uh, yeah, we can plug my book all you like. Um, the, um, so uh, what I'm no, hearing but, uh, is that there's... A good, but it get, your book gets at the heart of what causes stress. That's that's what that's the main that's one of the main causes of stress. In addition to the external things that happen to us, it's the way we look at things. It's the way we perceive things, and a lot of it is misperceiving things. So um, I'm not just you know pointing at your book to to butter you up. I'm just saying you know you you you're at the heart of what I think is is really uh, what people need to be more focused on as in general as to what drives stress in our lives. Well. That's all the time we have for today's program. Dr. Orman, we're going to pick this up again next week. To my guests, uh, I hope you'll join us again when Dr. Orman, a physician, author, and passionate stress coach and founder of the Stress Mastery Academy, joins us to talk in more detail about things we can do, not just to cover up the symptoms of stress in our lives, but how to actively deal with those symptoms. I'd encourage you to visit his website, DocOrman.com. That's www.docorman.com. Getting Better Healthcare has been brought to you in part by Leo Pharma. Our theme music is by the incomparable Michael Zioli. Until next time, I wish you the very best of health. Thanks for listening to the show today. Remember to go to DrScore.com to get and give feedback about your doctor and to read others' recommendations about doctors in your area. It's a way to choose your path to healthcare empowerment. That's D-R-S-C-O-R-E.com, DrScore.com. And we'll see you next week right here on Getting Better Healthcare.